Hey guys, you're listening to Cut for Time, a podcast of Faith Church Indy, and I'm Claire Kingsley, and I'm here with Pastor Jeff today. Hey, morning. We are in our series on Philippians, and on Sunday, Jeff taught on Philippians chapter 1, verses 27 to 30. It's the last part of chapter 1. If you have not had a chance to listen to the sermon yet, it is up on our website and podcast feed. Jeff, on Sunday, you preached uh, about a life worthy of the gospel. It's about Jesus. We don't earn or deserve any of it, and God cares about showing up in our lives. And Paul gives some examples of what a life worthy of the gospel is. It takes commitment in the struggle. It's working together. It's suffering, and it's ultimately having confidence in God that he cares. So, Hmm. Jeff, can you tease that out a little bit? That's a lot. Yeah, you were asking me, so how do you boil all this down into one sentence? And I basically ended up preaching the sermon back to you. Uh, That's why I just gave a very long introduction. Yeah, I, I think the context is significant here that Paul is writing from prison. And he's writing to these people that have seen him start the church by being uh, attacked in the culture by the people around him, ending up in jail and God's deliverance. And now he's back in jail again. And he wants them to understand there's Jesus is worth it. And out of that context, he's saying, okay, so if Jesus is worth it, here's some things that I want you guys to know and understand and, and maybe even be prepared for. You know, he says, I'm, uh, I'm still engaged in this struggle and you guys are in it with me. And here's what I want you to know about what Jesus is worth and how that shows up in our lives. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So, Jeff, why don't you tell us one thing that you needed to take out of your sermon prep on Sunday because you were cut for time? Oh, there was uh, a lot. Um, I ran across, uh, in somebody else's message on this passage, a summary of a missionary to the New Hebrides uh, Islands, now Vanuatu, a guy named John Patton, an Englishman. Um this is in the mid-1800s. Two guys had tried to reach the, the native tribe on this island and had been killed. And uh, this was a cannibalistic tribe. So they were literally killed and, and their bodies were eaten. I mean, that's hard to even talk about. But that was a reality. And, and everyone knows this story. And John Patton, even though he has a vibrant ministry back in England, feels that God is calling him to try and take the gospel to these people. And... When he says this uh, in his church, one of the men says, you will be eaten by cannibals. And Patton said, sir, you are advanced in years now, and your own prospect is soon to be laid in the grave and there to be eaten by worms. If I can but live and die serving and honoring the Lord Jesus, it makes no difference to me whether my body is eaten by cannibals or by worms. They're pretty intense. I mean, in language we're not used to. Yeah. But when you put it that way, we're all going to die. And Patton's saying, if I can glorify Christ in my life or my death, I want to do it. So, so he goes to Vanuatu with his bride. Uh, she uh, is expecting a baby. She falls ill. Uh, she gives birth. She dies like a couple of weeks later. And because she has died, then there's no nourishment for the child. The child dies as she's on her deathbed. Mm-hmm she asks her husband, would you do it all over again? And he says, yes, gladly. 
He stays on that island uh, for decades uh, in danger of his life. Uh, the natives are, many of them, initially hostile. He's, he's threatened at spear point time and time again. God keeps delivering him. Slowly, the gospel takes hold as they see this man's life. And they, they see his love and his care for them in spite of their hostility. They hear the gospel message. And by the end of his life, essentially the entire island has heard the gospel and the vast majority of them have come to faith in Christ. And, and Patton's story is about saying, God doesn't guarantee that's the outcome, but Patton went in trusting that if this is what God has called me to, Jesus is worth it. Mm -hmm. If by my life or my death I can serve Christ, yeah. I will do it. And, uh, you know, just what an example of living out what Paul is talking about in this passage. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I'm yeah. so glad you shared that story. Can you tell me where you came across that story? Uh, it was, again, doing, doing some research on how some other guys had handled this passage. And uh, this one particular pastor was really focusing on uh, the missionary impact and the missionary thrust of, you know, kind of this uh, passage and Paul's heart and, and the challenge to the church. And uh, I think his title was A Mission Worthy of the Gospel. Uh, wow, that in itself is great, right? Mm -hmm. uh, what is Christ worth? in our lives, uh, the investment of our lives. Well, if he's brought us to himself, he saved us, we belong to him, we live for him, and we're on a mission for him that is worth everything. Yeah. Do you feel like um, there's been a time in your life where you've, I'm sure you feel this way, where you've had to um, give up something? Like he gave up this comfort and the security of life that is the ultimate, but do you feel like you have an example in your life that you would share? Uh, yeah, well, it's humbling to even answer that question because, I mean, you put anything that I or most of us have suffered in that in context of, uh, you know, these missionaries of the 17, 18, 1900s, and you, you don't even, you just want to say, shut my mouth, Lord. Yes. Um, I think even just getting off, the corporate ladder career path that I was on. I mean, I had a future to look forward to in corporate marketing that was bright and mm -hmm. definitely upwardly mobile. And at, that was kind of following in the career path that my dad's life has been about. And so having to call my dad and explain to him, I'm going back to get a master's degree and spend money to earn less money. Um, that was, I mean, that was a tough conversation. And sure. then even processing through that ourselves, like, okay, we're deciding that we're going to be downwardly mobile in a mm -hmm. sense. And God has been so incredibly faithful in all that. So it's not like it's been a huge sacrifice at mm -hmm. all, certainly compared to what the vast majority of Christians experience. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's sure. And there, there are times where you know ministry is just hard and you yeah. wonder is this really worth it mm -hmm. uh, and that's where passages like this and what Paul is reminding us of are so helpful sure thanks Jeff I'm so curious did um were you with Amelia when you made that decision yes so uh, was she really surprised when you brought this to her and said I, I feel a calling to change career paths 
I she's basically given me permission to tell this story because I've uh, she tells it on herself and I've shared it many times. I really sensed uh, fairly early on in our marriage this call to vocational ministry, and I told that to Amelia. I think God's calling me to ministry, and her response was basically, "Well, he didn't tell me that." <laughs> So if he wants me to come along with you, he should probably let me know that. Okay. So that was my cue that I'm probably not going to seminary anytime soon. So it was a process of several years, really for both of us, of growing in our faith, maturing, understanding what that meant and what it would look like, and then us both coming to a point together in our lives of saying, okay, this is the right time. God's mm-hmm. closed these doors Amelia's heart, my heart, we're, we're both ready to step into this. Uh, let's go for this together. Awesome. Amelia, thank you for giving us permission to share this story <laughs> um, ahead of time. So, um, Jeff, to close, what's one joke, illustration, or personal story you wish you could have included this past Sunday? I guess you just did one. Well, that was one. I, you know, thought, thinking about how we misjudge the value of things. Uh, you know, and I talked about at times, you know, we, we get into silly arguments or we get wound up. We get, uh, you know, upset about something that in retrospect really wasn't that big a deal. But there was another one that was um, <laughs> years ago. I got sucked into buying this collection of 22-karat gold replica stamps. I still have, like, this three-ring binder somewhere at home that had, like, it was like a monthly, every month we'll send you, like, a special canceled first edition stamp and a 22-karat golden replica of it. and. <laughs> Yeah, it was ridiculous, right? It was the kind of thing that literally advertised on TV, on, you know, like a QVC type of thing. And it was supposed to be some kind of collector's thing. I don't know. But uh, they came in this fancy binder. And now we've moved this binder, you know, like a half a dozen times from home to home. And they're maybe gathering dust in our basement somewhere. At the time, they looked, oh, that's really cool, right? I, oh, I want to have that. And then... Eventually, I realized, like, why am I collecting these things? I, I And now they're literally just sitting around yeah. gathering dust. And it was just sort of, in my mind, I'm, I'm thinking, like, this is a perfect illustration of not really judging the actual value of things. Mm-hmm. Had you collected stamps before? No. Anything in general? Collection? No, not really. <laughs> I so you're just trying a new hobby? Don't, Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, we were young and we didn't have kids yet. So, you know, we've got money to spend. Let's spend it on something dumb. And then we decided to spend it on kids instead. And that was a much better investment. Ah, Gotcha. That's great. Well, someday you'll be able to pass down this awesome family heirloom. Well, it's not an heirloom yet, but it could become one to your children. I'm sure they would love it. Uh... Yeah, that. no, <laughs> that that's a that's a prime a prime target for Marie Kondo to come in and uh, help us realize this is not sparking joy. That's perfect. That's a great way to end. Yeah. Um, so that's all we have time for today's episode of Cut for Time. If you've enjoyed our podcast, please take a few seconds to leave a review. The more reviews that we get, it makes the podcast more visible to others searching for content and our church. 
So, Jeff, this is your maybe least favorite support of the podcast. It's time to sign off with your tagline. Oh, this is this. Can I put in one more plug? Before oh, I yeah. Um, don't forget, we do have uh, sermon discussion questions for your own use or a small group discussion each week with the sermon. So check out the Faith Church website and look for the link for discussion questions because that's another example of stuff that we kind of cut for time. Yeah. Uh, so the the wrap up for today is uh, from a very important theologian. A thankful heart is a happy heart. Hmm. What's that from? <laughs> Madam Blueberry and Veggie Tales. <laughs> yes. Well, great theologian. <laughs> I mean, really, you should give credit to the people who wrote the script. Can you tell us who that is, yeah, Jeff? Phil Vischer. Oh wow. Okay, yeah. I didn't expect you. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, um, a thankful heart is a happy heart, everyone. Uh, did you listen all the way through to hear Joey's bloopers last week? Yeah, that was great. Okay. Yeah, he... <laughs> He gets better bloopers than I do. I don't know what that says about him, but maybe this ends up in the bloopers too.